Welcome to the Faith in Maine podcast. I'm Katie Clark, your host. We are sharing stories of life and faith and ministry across our 59 churches, 18 summer chapels, Camp Bishopswood, three Jubilee centers, and ministries that make up the Episcopal Diocese of Maine. Today, for the Feast of Pentecost, we would like to share with you a conversation between the Bishop, the Right Reverend Thomas J. Brown, and Dr. Deirdre Good. A resident of Maine, Dr. Good holds degrees from the University of St. Andrews and Harvard Divinity School. She has taught at Agnes Scott College, the General Theological Seminary, and the Stevenson School for Ministry. Dr. Good has also been the theologian in residence at Trinity Wall Street in New York City. Dr. Good is also an author, and her latest book, Courage Beyond Fear, Reformation in Theological Education, was published in 2018. Enjoy the conversation. It's so wonderful to be with you, and I'm grateful for technology that we get to have this conversation on the Feast of Pentecost. Thank you for joining me. I know that uh, you're connected in Maine in, in ways that are much um, longer in duration than mine. Uh, just say a word about um, how it is that you got here and uh, how you are right now. Thank you so much, Bishop Brown, Thomas. Uh, it's wonderful to be with you today, especially on such a glorious feast of the church as the Feast of Pentecost. I mean, in a way, it all begins and ends here. Uh, my connection to Maine is really forged through my wife, who spent summers in Northport in the little community of Bayside, where they had a summer house. And we loved it so much that we bought a house a mile away from Bayside for five acres with our dogs. That's basically how I got to be here. And then I found that there was a democratic community in Belfast and a whole load of Brits lurking, lurking. <laughs> and so a lot of things like I could buy tea, you know? So, so besides, I love the great outdoors. I mean, beyond your head, I'm looking at spring, which has sprung in the last few days. There's something wonderful about the simplicity of life in Maine. Well, I agree about um, spring having sprung, and I'm very aware that um, your teaching ministry and your preaching ministry in this diocese has already been a great blessing. I, I know, too, that uh, you have formed countless preachers, uh, too many to count, actually, in your career as a professor and as a teacher. Uh, and I'm glad for us to be able to speak a little bit about what the day of Pentecost is. And one of the things that you and I mentioned was, um, was the sort of opportunity that we have right now in this moment in the world's um, experience of a pandemic to think about the role of the spirit as virtual presence, especially in times of change, chaos, death, and trauma. And I wonder what it is um, that you are making meaning about, um, about the spirit in this moment. Yes, thank you very much for this opportunity. It's just, it's wonderful to be in dialogue with you and, and with everybody else who's, who's, who's joining us. It suddenly occurred to me, looking at the readings for Pentecost, that the presence of the spirit in the Acts passage, in the John passage, and elsewhere in the Bible has something to do with the, the way in which the Spirit of God 
is an attempt to help people overcome loss, death, crisis, and trauma. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in Acts, we see that the disciples are together at the beginning of Acts, because Acts is volume two of Luke, and the end of Luke is the death of Jesus and the story of Emmaus, where we we see the resurrected Jesus appear. Mm -hmm. But they're freaked out. The disciples are in Jerusalem, you know, everything is behind closed doors. The same would be true of John's gospel. And in fact, John makes it very clear that the disciples are together for fear of the Jews. For fear, yes, for fear, yes. For fear, there we go, fear. So what does the Spirit do? The, The Spirit is a way by which at Pentecost, through the gift of other languages, in community, The spirit, the paraclete in John's gospel, which I think you've talked about in a recent sermon, the comforter, the the advocate, is the presence of Jesus at his departure, the alter ego of Jesus, if you like. And that spirit is breathed into, in John 20, into the disciples by Jesus as a way of encouraging them to be empowered to do the things that they have got to. You could say it's a new creation narrative. It's yeah. the same verb in Genesis. Right. And then, you know, also I'm, I'm aware of the word comforter and the way in which for me, when I hear Jesus using that term and that word, I think about the Advent hymn, comfort, comfort ye my people, and the way in which the longing um, of our ancestors was for restoration of all kinds of things, um, and that the reign of God's justice would, um, would come and would fill all in all. And so for me, the, the need that I have right now for a comforter and for a sense um, not, not necessarily that I will personally be comforted, though, though that is also true, but just a, a larger cosmic sense of our need for a comforter in the way in which the whole of the scriptural record seems to suggest that, um, that the comforter is going to reveal a kind of justice for us and is going to reveal um, peace, which of course is the very thing that Jesus breathes as we look at the Gospel of St. John. Exactly. The, the Comforter helps and reminds and brings Jesus' followers into all truth. Without the Comforter, that process of remembering, you know, remembering and making more of God's presence in the world, which is really what the Spirit is doing in creation and being breathed into the disciples, yeah. through, especially through prayer, especially through community. It's a way by which we all participate in the transformation of the world. I'm thinking here of Romans 8. You know, the Spirit gives articulation to our inchoate yeah. anxieties and groans. And so, and so instead of fostering the anxiety, the Spirit helps us live through into something much larger than we are, into which we can be silent but participatory. Exactly. I love that uh, reminder of remembering, of putting back together again. Um, and, and of course, the Spirit is, is doing that. I, I have a very dear 90-year-old friend who said to me at the beginning of the pandemic, probably a couple of months ago, that he has never known a moment in which the world uh, will need to rely on hope for a new future. <laughs> 
uh, and I, I trust that, uh, that the Holy Spirit is coming to us on this particular day of Pentecost to reveal for us a kind of hope for a future that we cannot yet imagine right now, at least I can. Right. Um, but, the, but the idea that somehow the Spirit will give me utterance and give you utterance and give all people the utterance, the capacity to speak and to imagine a new way fills me with a great, not just hope, but really a sense of joy. I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think we see this in the transformation of the disciples. Hmm. Uh, it's true that we're at the end of John, but at, at, we're at, in Acts, we're at the beginning of volume two, where the gospel is then taken from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. You, not yes. just to Rome, not just to Rome, the center of the Mediterranean world, but to Nubia, to Ethiopia, to Abyssinia, to Armenia, to, you know, just we're limited only by what we can imagine. So, yes, we have courage to do all of that. And the other thing that um, we have courage to do all these things and to go in all these places, um, at that first Pentecost um, and on this Pentecost, um, we learn that, that we have this beautiful message to tell, which is that God loves the world and that um, the way that love gets inside of you and me may not always be visible, but it does in fact get inside. And as it does, it makes all the difference in the world. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I think we have to be prepared to see the presence of God in all mm. sorts and conditions, not, not only of people, nations, races, tongues, mm. diversity, variety, but also in the created order, yes. in the created order, in the, in the world itself, and the beauty of creation. So true. One of the things um, that I've been thinking about in celebrating today is that uh, we are not gathered in our churches, uh, but we are gathered um, in settings with uh, people around the world, and that people are joining us online uh, right now who have never been with us before, um, and that already we're being changed yes. uh, and being um, that there's something new that's being created. So when you speak about the wind and when you refer to creation and connect it to this feast day, um, I feel the winds of that new order coming. Uh, and, and it's not all comforting for sure. And it's not all, it's certainly not all things about which I can make sense, but I do experience uh, with my eyes and with my heart a sense that we are witnessing um, a wind of change such that we've never known. Yes. I wonder uh, when you, if you could say just a concluding word, Deirdre, about um, where, where it is that you hope um, the wind and the breath of the spirit, the comforter, the paraclete, where do you personally um, desire uh, for that to take you? I, I, I don't know, uh, Thomas, except I hope that it's going to lead to the health and well-being. Mm -hmm. the, the difficulty in this pandemic is that so many people are not experiencing that reality. Right. But I hope for the healing, 
the healing of the nations, mm -hmm. the healing of the world, um, and for opportunities to, to live into that reality, to make that reality more possible. Because, because you talked about a community that is far bigger than we normally see as we gather together on whenever it is we worship. But at the same time, this, this opportunity identifies so many more issues and problems. And so it's so bigger than I can grasp, than what I can see in front of my face. And so, and so I'm, I'm hanging on to hope as a healing, as a healing metaphor. Beautiful. Thank you so much for uh, joining me this morning and for joining the people of God called to be the Diocese of Maine. Uh, I am delighted that we get to share this place and this community together. And I look forward to times, whether they're online or whether they're in person, when we can continue um, this conversation and when we can start up new ones. So every blessing to you and to Julian and uh, uh, put your red on as you have it uh, and uh, we will find each other again soon. God Thank bless you. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Faith in Maine podcast brought to you by the Episcopal Diocese of Maine.